Okay, what's up, everybody? Um, I thought that the five on the floor intro would be hitting. We are about to dive into this post game show. Uh, the Miami Heat go up to New York. They get game one. We're going to talk about it here on Five on the Floor Live. Um, before we do, want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of Five Reason Sports of Five on the Floor, and that is A Aggressive Insurance. A Aggressive Insurance is a broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years, offering auto, homeowners, condo insurance, life insurance, retirement programs, also free notary service to all clients that uh, she represents all the leading insurance carriers. So if you have a bad driving record, no problem. Reach out to Lynette at A Aggressive Insurance, 954-581-8800. Again, that's 954-581-8800 or insurancebylynette.com. That's with two N's and two T's, A Aggressive Insurance. And now, five on the floor. Down to this gang. Yikes. Uh. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo plus others from the five reasons sports network okay welcome back to five on the floor i am your host greg sylvander sorry for the early technical difficulties the heat were a lot sharper than we are so far but we are about to get into playoff mode uh this is a huge win for the miami heat 108 to 101 they go up to new york they get game one but Jimmy Butler looked hurt at the end. We're going to get into all of it. I want early reactions, though, Brady, starting with you. Um, I did not get to watch a lot of the uh, early stuff with uh, playback, and you should all come and watch playback with us. Um, uh, we all have the links at the top of our pages on Twitter. Um, Brady, early thoughts on the way that they closed that game, uh, the veteran presence, all of it. I thought uh, there's so many ways we can go, but uh, let's pick your brain right off the bat. 108, 101, Heat. Uh, up in this series what are your thoughts you use the the phrase that it's veteran presence like when you talk about what happened in that second half it was Kevin Love in the third quarter and it was Kyle Lowry in the fourth quarter that was pretty much that summed it I thought Kevin Love completely turned the game on its head in that third quarter with and it wasn't even just the outlet passes. the outlet passes were were fun the fact that I'll just start with the fact when he threw the first one and they, they the camera panned down the court and I saw Max Struess, I was like, okay, they're they're on something right now. Because it, it, usually you see Jimmy just mossing people. When I was like, if he's willing to throw this pass, they're leaning on something. And then he threw it to Jimmy. And then Jimmy again. And all of a sudden their transition offense is looking good. And they're playing into the open floor. And it's like, okay, they have something. But it wasn't just that. He was rebounding well. Uh, the pick and pops were getting open looks. And he was kind of getting going down there. He had the end one at one point in the game. Uh, just really good stuff. But Kyle Lowry, man. Like when we talk about we we've had so many conversations over the last two seasons about Kyle Lowry and what he was able to do in that fourth quarter was special. <laughs> like in you need your veterans in the garden in that type of environment in the second round and they showed up. But the fact that he came out and he says, well, we don't have Tyler Hero. We need pull up shooting. We have we have certain needs, especially when Jimmy goes down after that. But pull up shots, just hitting, taking the shots. First of all, we always talk about him needing to take them in general. He was taking them. He was hitting them. The stuff he was doing, getting the lane, getting other guys involved into the kickouts. The stuff he was doing defensively, like he was absolutely swarming defensively. I thought there was parts in the first half where I'm not even going to give him <laughs> trouble about this because the fact that 
Brunson was sliding by anybody. It didn't matter who was guarding him. He just is so good at getting to his spots, but he was getting by him at certain points in the game. But the the steals he gets when he just swipes the ball out of people's hands, the fact that he forced that jump ball, the, the, the stuff he was doing time and time again in that fourth quarter, like I thought it was an absolute fourth quarter masterclass by Kyle Lowry, just the stuff he was able to do. So overall takeaways, I think the, the first thing we thought of was the season's over, right, right when Jimmy rolled his ankle at that time. But it seemed like it was just, as he said after the game, how does your ankle feel? He said, like a rolled ankle. So that tells you where his head's at right now. But I just thought we could talk about how Gabe started the game and then so many different elements of the defensive schematics. But I kind of threw that out the window. It was veterans in the garden, and they I, I thought they just turned it around in the second half. Agree. It was unbelievable to see them down five at half. You felt like they stuck around, Alex, and then it was – basically a blitz in the second half and all of a sudden they were up and they kind of controlled the game. We're going to get into Jimmy Butler uh, and, and talk about him heavy here in a minute, particularly the way that game ended. But I also think that um, like the, the, there's really, it wasn't just Kyle. Kyle was a huge part of this shout out to everything that, um, that Brady just mentioned about Kyle Lowry he had a huge game. But even guys like, as I look through here, Kevin Love had a huge game. Caleb Martin had some huge plays. Uh, th- this was one of those where um, I felt like the Knicks gave them their big punch in the first half, and then they were only up five. And that kind of it, it wore on them throughout the game. And just to see the role players come through, what do you make of this early Gabe Vincent offense, Alex? What are they doing with this? Every first quarter, Gabe gets a million shots. Is that planned? What are, what's happening there? It does feel planned. It, they've been doing this for a while now, especially with Tyler out. Where and like we said on playback, by the way, playback.tv slash five RSN. We're there for every game. We're going to be doing it for other NBA playoff games as well. Um, I thought, you know, it, it feels like those sets are for him to get somebody else going other than Jimmy. It feels like, like I said before, Tyler will be taking those shots if he was out there. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I think the way that they're built right now, they could use the contributions from everybody, and I think it's a decent way to get Gabe going against the drop. Um, I thought tonight was, like you guys were talking about, just a, a great team effort um, across the board. Everybody didn't have it going all four quarters. It wasn't that type of game. But That's I think point. when you go and look at, you know, look back after the game's over, like you just did, you can go through all these players and be like, okay, they did this, they did this, they did this. You know, everybody kind of did what they were supposed to do. I thought um, Caleb was pretty good. I thought Max is pretty good. I thought Gabe, Kyle, Kevin Love were all very good. And Bam didn't have like a huge box score game. I thought he was good. I thought he did his job, did what he needed to do, um, and was pretty efficient from the field. He, he didn't look necessarily shook out there like some people have been, you know, trying to call him. I think it's a different – defensive coverage he's going against and he he sees that now like he can get a little bit more you know as a roller and just kind of uh i think read and react to offense whereas before it was a lot of well i have all this space here and it's either run into brook and take a bad shot or you know find somebody else and i i like the way that they figured out the knicks throughout that game not necessarily that the series is over or anything like that i just think in the first half compared to the second half the biggest so difference was the defensive execution. I thought, I thought they were okay defensively in the first half. Not very, you know. The, the the Knicks made a lot of shots inside the arc, but I really do think what what upset me more in the first half was just the way that Barrett and Brunson were able to get into those spots that they like to get going in over and over and over. Like I thought they made some tougher shots once they got there, but in the second half, the Heat did just a much better job 
of cutting off those points in the first place, not letting Brunson and Barrett get into those spots. Um, and by the way, Brady absolutely nailed the whole defensive matchup stuff with Brunson being guarded by That's Jimmy, so RJ being guarded by Gabe. I, I like the way it played out. Like, I, I think you see the vision there. And, you know, that wasn't obvious. Brunson didn't only see Jimmy. He saw plenty of other bodies as well. And that's why I think it was a great defensive team effort, specifically in the second half. They were really, really sharp. And, um, you know, they showed that graphic there where I think they were like 20 of 40 in the first half. And, you know, er, er, and early in the third quarter, it was it was a lot worse than that. And it felt like it played out that way for the rest of the fourth where, you know, you, you were able to sustain – that first half offensive punch by the Knicks, which was almost everything, you know, inside the arc, whether it was in the mid range or at the rim. And then, you know, you kind of got lucky that they didn't get hot in the, in the second half as a three point shooting team uh, when Jimmy went out and that the other guys were able to just kind of close it because Jimmy had nothing left to give after that injury. It was clear that he was just out there to be out there. Like there was a play where he could have gotten a, you know, a, a rebound, and saved it from going out of bounds if you would have hustled a little bit. And it was clear it was not possible for him to do that. Mm -hmm. So great game by the vets and everybody else um, contributing to take that game home. You know, the game without Randall on the road, you got the split now. We got to see what happens with Jimmy, but I I really like the effort and I like the way that they adjusted um, defensively. And I love what they did, by the way, to get Jimmy going off ball because he was not getting anything on ball early in that game. And I think they got him going a lot with um you know with, with those actions they they definitely opened up a lot of space on the floor you could see it in the second half where jimmy was able to get um down there and make a move fast enough to where they couldn't bring somebody before he was already uh getting towards the hoop and or converting on a field goal or getting fouled the other thing that i think is huge here is that the reoccurring problem and and when Alex was talking he mentioned brook lopez throughout there and r- running into him and what that felt like uh, they got out rebounded by nine and yet they still win this game. Somebody in the uh, comments mentioned Nakaya saying that the rebounding was such a going to be a key in the series for the heat to steal one when they lose the rebounding battle. That is a, a huge, uh, a huge win for them. Um, they won the points off turnovers by a good margin though. I think that's what really helped them out. And that's 13 turnovers to eight um, for Miami. So they, you know, if you're, getting New York to start to turn the ball over. That's something that they did really well throughout the regular season is to take care of the ball. So you're right. It absolutely feeds into it. We are going to get into Jimmy Butler specifically and kind of um, tailor the rest of this episode on, on talking about Jimmy specifically, what his game was about. um, And then the injury before we do want to tell you about another uh, two of our great sponsors. First is our daily fantasy sponsor, and that is prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I think everybody who watches this show probably sees us tweet about it. You choose your favorite players. You choose your favorite props. You can stack different sports, different players together, and you can win uh, up to 10 times your money. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E, to get your initial deposit matched up to $100. That's prize picks. You can go to prizepicks.com, use it on desktop, or download the app. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E, to get your initial deposit matched up to $100. And then our second sponsor uh, in the in the sports world is our gambling sponsor, and that's Better Edge. And a lot of people ask what Better Edge is, and because it's a little bit different than what you normally would find um, with a lot of the different uh, ga- gambling apps, it is 
a social betting marketplace where users buy and sell betting positions without a VIG. So in, instead of a traditional sports book, they'll connect you with the opposite side of a bet that you want to make on your set price. Use the code 5RSN to start playing at Better Edge. You'll get 20 bucks to start playing right away. It is basically the stock exchange for sports betting. You will find the line that you want at the value you want. Better Edge, use the code 5RSN and you'll get 20 bucks to play right away. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So Jimmy Butler um, ultimately has a good game, came up huge. I thought it was hilarious when he was hurt, how he was like practicing his three-point shot in the corner there, um, acting like he was going to be a decoy in that sense. Brady, when the injury happened, every Heat fan's heart sunk, and I think that that's understandably so because that's basically what's been carrying this team. He's he's the 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 thing that has Heat fans saying, oh, my gosh, we actually can make a run. And so to see that kind of flash before everyone's eyes, I think everyone was was concerned and should be. What do you make of Jimmy's um, – the way that he closed that game – but also the way he started, I'm interested to hear your perspective on just the Jimmy game in general, but then to close kind of what you think is the implications may be on the injury specifically to the ankle. So let me start with the way he closed. I thought it was hilarious. The fact that how did the Knicks not take advantage? <laughs> like that was like my main takeaway was like, he sat on the corner on offense and on defense. Like for one, like they, they weren't doing anything defensively to like make him move. And then they also, when he was on defense, he wasn't even in any actions. Like he wasn't even defending in any of those moments. So it's like the Heat really won those the, those that stretch of minutes. And like I said before, like credit to Kyle, credit to Caleb. I thought just still holding up his end of the bargain defensively. W what a block that he had that was just like came out of nowhere that kind of just sparked right? things. But back to Jimmy, uh, we were we were saying this all along. Like this isn't the Bucks anymore. They are not going to just give him single coverage all game. They're going to shed help. And what did they do? They didn't just send a double they sent a triple most of the time like it was like his defender the rollers defender and then the, the defender from the corner and they were like try and make threes and i'm gonna be honest if i'm on the other side of things and i'm forming a game plan against jimmy butler i'm doing the same exact thing i am making the shooters around jimmy butler beat me and not jimmy butler so it's yeah. like it makes sense to do that uh and then 
he just was kind of playing that playmaking role. He was just kind of making those kickouts. I thought an underrated aspect, and I know this isn't Jimmy as much, but the ball movement from them, at least even in that first half when things weren't even going their way, like they were moving the ball really well. Like it was not sticking. It was never parts where it was like they were just moving it and they were hitting shots because of it. Credit to Gabe and Max in those stretches of the game. But they're going to have to figure out ways, I guess, to 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 get be creative, I guess, to getting Jimmy going. They did some of that, which is the reason I thought they went early to love at the five, which was to do some of that kind of spread out the floor a little yeah, bit, pull Mitch Robinson out. away from the basket, do some of that high-low stuff. It doesn't just have to be Bam and Jimmy doing high-low stuff. It could be Love. It's probably more effective with Love because he can play higher out. But then you can lean into the, some of the stuff you did at the end of game five where with five, four minutes left in the game, you pull Bam out and kind of let him play make a little bit. You have to obviously have to trust him to not be too turnover-prone in those, in those aspects. But they're going to have to get creative. But with all that said, he's still got 25 <laughs> with seeing three defenders. So it's not like they just shut him down. He had a, I wouldn't even say a good game. Like, I don't feel like he had a, a, a for his standards in the playoffs, did not have a fantastic game. And he ends up with 25. He ends up with 11. He ends up with a four. But here's the weird thing. And this is why, and this could be narrative based and this could be a little cliche, but talk about a superstar that decides when he doesn't have a go, like he doesn't have a, a, a great gameplay because they're sending so much help at him. And he decides to just play like the gritty role down low and he's grabbing offensive rebounds and he's getting fouled going back up and he's making these plays. And it's like, what superstar is doing that type of stuff? That's like, I'll just be the, the PJ of last year and I'll do the dirty work down here. It's like, Jimmy is just from, is just a different breed when it comes to that stuff. So I just thought it wasn't his greatest game, but it also was a great game because it shows that he could still impact in different ways when he doesn't have to drop 56. No, I, I'm I'm totally with you because, and I think it was Kyle Kuzma who was talking recently about how Jimmy will do everything a role player do, but still get his buckets. Um, and there was a lot of that. To your point, four offensive rebounds, eleven rebounds in total. So he's basically uh, rebounding like like your your biggest big would. And they needed that in a game like this. Toppin and Robinson got over the top and and got a lot of easy buckets. But overall, I felt like um, Jimmy navigated the matchup with heart well. Alex, do you think that this ankle um, – I mean, we both watched it together, so I'm kind of um, – I, I know where you stand to some degree. I have a feeling that he's going to be able to get enough treatment and be able to play um, and be enough – effective enough. They got their split. Um, is there any credence to the idea of because you got your split – you sit Jimmy in game two so that he gets a week's rest until game three, which is next Saturday. There's some credence to it, for sure. It's just a very risky play, right? It's like you said, you got the split already. And we saw what the Heat did last time they got the split in game two. They 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 looked like all they cared about, or they, they came out and played with the effort that all they cared about was getting that split in game one. Um, so, yeah, there is some credence to it. Like, it would be nice to get Jimmy an entire week's worth of rest. Um, we got to see how he feels tomorrow, obviously x-ray all that hasn't come out yet this is directly after the game as of right now i wouldn't be surprised if he tried to play through it um i just really didn't like the way that he was walking after that like he it was very he was walking very very gingerly and i said on playback as somebody who's still trying to recover from a bad ankle injury it felt all too familiar to me like that walk i I was feeling the pain as he was walking because you could tell he just didn't want to put much weight on it when he was kind of you know, quote unquote, running back in, in in transition. It wasn't really running. It was just kind of hopping there, hobbling. Um, and yeah, I, I, it, you know, it pained me to see him that way. It's terrible timing. So yeah, there is some credence to sitting him for game two. I wouldn't bet on that though. 
I wouldn't bet on that. Jimmy is obviously superhuman. And so if there's nothing too bad on the x-ray and, you know, tomorrow, um, between tomorrow and um, Tuesday when they play game two, like you said, he's going to be getting round-the-clock treatment for sure. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he played game two. I just think tonight they got what they needed from everybody. Jimmy had a great game, not a, you know, Jordan-esque level game that he had in Milwaukee, but, like, you guys went over. He did everything he needed to, and I that adjustment to getting him off ball was just a huge one by spell. Like, he, he went to it quick. He didn't wait until, you know, things got out of hand. He kind of did it early. Um, I mean, he did it. He started doing it, I think, in the second quarter, I want to say. But um, I think we're going to see a whole lot of that, a whole lot of that um, in this series. Because like Brady was talking about, they are sending so much. They're sending so many people there when Jimmy gets the ball, when he starts uh, getting to his spots. And the guys are going to have to make their threes. And I, I like the way that he was getting to his buckets. I think today the Heat survived that offensive explosion in the first half from the Knicks. But... They didn't survive. I mean, they didn't have to go through the Knicks making a bunch of threes. Like the, the Heat, you know, somebody mentioned in the comments that the Heat won the game where they didn't have uh, to shoot lights out. But the Heat made six more threes than the Knicks did. They did. So, the and, Knicks and, shot awful. And it feels like, you know, not to oversimplify things, but it does feel like in the series where these two teams give up just so many damn threes, the, the team that's having the better shooting night is probably going to win more often than not. And tonight from three, that was the heat. What changed was really the second half. Like, and, and I posted the stats on, on off the floor, which everybody should su- subscribe to, of course, that in the first half, the Knicks just had a ridiculous half-court offensive rating, a very good offensive rating overall, and it was the complete opposite for the Heat. Now looking at those same stats post-game, they're almost even, and then actually just looking at it overall, the Heat finished with the better offensive rating. And I really do think it came, it, it came down to the way that they defended um, Brunson and R.J., in general and just kind of letting those other guys take all those threes that they want. Like I said, I just think it really falls very nicely into their game plan. There's probably going to be a game or two where um, the Knicks role players are hitting more threes than they did tonight. They shot seven of 34 from three tonight. So I, you know, that might be next game, but you got everything you needed tonight. And I think despite things going wrong, something's going wrong. It was a great team effort. And by the way, Greg, the other part of that, that's weird is, the trends that we talked about, the fact that Kyle outscored the entire Knicks bench, like we're, we've them. talked so much about how like the, the depth is the story for the Knicks and the fact that that's going to be the, the weird thing for Miami as they struggle all year. They were up in the bench points, even in the first half, like when they, and part of this, I know Randall's out. So bench players moving to the starting lineup, but overall, when you have Kyle outscoring <laughs> the deepest team in the league's entire bench, like that, that also helps. Let's be honest. No, it's it's true. And and before we started this show, uh, it's probably how we should have started the conversation. The first thing Brady said was, this is so something to the effect of, this is so weird. What are we watching? Or I maybe I said it was weird and you were like, What are we what are we watching? And I, I do think that when you watch this game, Jimmy, Gabe, Kyle, Bam really led the way. Um it's just this team keeps finding ways to do it. And it's just, it's a weird run that they're going on. And it, New York proved to not be too big of a stage. I think we can dead that narrative. Obviously there's going to be moments where that crowd is hyped, but they also got, they look shook as well. And now the pressure's on for them. And so I do think um, as we close here, let's talk just briefly about game two in the sense of, and I want to put it in this context because this is almost like not worst case scenario, but maybe what I would consider at this moment to be most realistic. So uh, I'll start, Alex, I'll start with you. 
Um, if Jimmy Butler is limited at all in game two, how do you approach that from a play calling perspective, from a lineup perspective? Is there anything that you see as low hanging fruit that you would do differently if Jimmy is limited in that game, but he's going to play because he's Jimmy and he's insisting he's going to play. How do you like work with him in a state where, you know, he's limited. And that's the thing, right? Like, you know, he's going to be limited. It's, I guess it's how much, like if he's looking anywhere, how he did towards the end of that game, then I don't know how much you involve him because he obviously did not even want to be very involved the way that he was standing in the corners and the way that he was moving in general. You know, assuming that if he if he plays in game two, I'm assuming he's going to be moving better than that. So what I'm going to say is I think you keep going to some of the stuff you did as far as um, off the ball where you're trying to get Jimmy um, some easier spots where, you know, he's in his position. He doesn't have to move very much as far as once he gets to the spot. He doesn't try to have to beat somebody on foot. I think you're going to see less, even less on ball Jimmy than you saw today. Um, and other than that, I think you're probably just going to see more actions with Gabe, more actions with, I mean, we've already seen a lot of that, but more actions <laughs> with Kyle, the way that he was doing in the fourth quarter. And I think you're going to see more Bam too. I, it's going to be a little bit more of everybody else. And, you know, the other thing too is if Jimmy is feeling well enough, the way that they're helping so much, I think you can use some of that against them. Obvi- and, you know, that's sure. kind of an obvious statement, right? We, you know, you, like Jimmy said to me one time, when I asked about them help, uh, sending so much help in the paint to him and Bam, basketball is simple. Once, you know, if two guys come, you make the pass to the open shooter. Yeah, that's always going to be the case whether, when they send help at Jimmy. But now with him hurt, it, there's some decoy stuff going on there where you can kind of ha- act like you're going to have him do this off-ball stuff. And it's really just to sink and collapse the defense to, to create open shots for everybody else. It, you know, if he's feeling well enough, you, you could do some of that too. There, it's just you it really is going to come down to the margins if Jimmy is not like awesome though, because you're going to need those, you're going to need to win the three point shooting battle again. You're going to need to win the turnover battle again and, you know, not get absolutely destroyed on the offensive boards, which yes, they got out rebounded tonight by nine, but the Knicks only finished with two more offensive rebounds. So I think, you know, they kind of did their job tonight and they're going to have to keep up a lot of that. And it's going to be, I think just, um, it's going to come down to a a lot to, you know, the three point shooting, it feels oversimplified, but especially when they're sending all this help at Jimmy and now Jimmy's hurt. Yeah. We're going to need the other guys to step up. It makes the three point shooting that much more magnified. I want to read this one um, comment that comes in with the donation. Uh, We appreciate that. Um, I'm just going to read it. I don't know that we have it up here on the screen. Jalen Brunson needs a trait, needs the Trey young treatment from the heat. Uh, That's interesting. So, I thought that they did pretty well, but he gets to his spots and does his thing. As we close here for game two, uh, Brady, the biggest adjustment you think um, the Heat can make on Jalen Brunson is what? I think it's probably just sending more help to him on the attack, like just kind of shading in more often. Uh, But I think the Heat deserve credit for what they did defensively, at least because Jalen Brunson is just so skilled. Like the way he can get to his spots and make those shots, like – Somebody said it's like – I think it was Spo that said it's Jimmy. Like, just like the one comparison is they get to their spots, and it's like mm-hmm. once they get there, it's just like money. Like, that is just how the one comparable aspect. But the other aspect of it, you could say, yeah, Jalen Brunson got his. He was super efficient. He was able to do all that. But what did the Knicks end up shooting from three? 21%. Mm-hmm. So it's like you take that balance. Like, if they're shooting at that level still, give Brunson 25. Give him 28. And just kind of bet on the fact that Obi Toppin's going to jack up that many threes and miss and you can go in the other direction. So it's like, 
do you want to play overload that much? And then maybe their looks are a little bit better. And then they start shooting a little bit more from three, but Brunson is 18 instead of 25. Like, I don't know. It's a game that you can play and that's where the adjustments come into play. And that's where Spo will make his decisions. Uh, but I thought it played out well in terms of Caleb, I thought did a good enough job where I think they know that they could put Caleb on him. I think Jimmy, once again, I, I think starts the game because Caleb's not starting, uh, starts the game on Brunson, forces him into certain looks uh, the one adjustment maybe go under more often because yeah. he was he was 0 of six from three or was it, it might have been what was it is it 0 of six he was from three uh, 0 of seven from three so maybe go under more often force him to hit deeper looks and then because once he gets in that mid range man it is tough to stop him because he has he even has like the same Jimmy like pivot like he'll pivot four times before he takes a fade or a little scoop layup so it's funny uh, but yeah it, it's a balance supposed to make the decision do you want to let him go off and kind of tame three-point shooting or just bet on them just missing shots. So, uh, but credit to them. That was my original point. Credit to them because they stuck with it. They didn't, even when Brunson was cooking, they didn't start kind of falling away from their original game plan. They stuck yeah. with it. They continued to miss shots. Brunson still did what he did, and they ended up kind of coming with the win. So uh, I'm, I'm sure adjustments are coming because adjustments are coming from New York's end as well. And and I'll just close here. The broadcast started showing the wall that that the Heat was putting up to Brunson, and it, we immediately made the correlation to what they do to try to wall off Giannis from getting to the basket. Uh, it's just interesting to see them apply these same principles to a much smaller player and how it impacts the series. So to me, it's pretty fascinating. I thought they did a good job on Jalen Brunson, and to your point. Um, if he gets 25, like you live with it as long as they're not shooting well. So the formula is here. The heater up 1-0. They win this game 108 to 101. Thank you to our sponsors, Better Edge Prize Picks, Insurance by Lynette.com, A Aggressive Insurance. Thank you for joining us. This will be um, also up on our podcast feed, and we'll have you covered for game two as well. Have a great Sunday. Heat up 1-0. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.